So I go. Wait, hold on. <clears throat> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna turn to Julie Kavner after this. Like, just <laughs> have a totally fucked up voice after decades of voicing <laughs> this Jeff character. Um, all right, yeah. So, uh, guys, I talked to the Inquisitor yesterday. Oh, busted. The Inquisitor? Oh no. He wanted me to look for something called Purple Kush. Uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, uh, we do. Yes. It's what the Emperor used to make his pry box. It's the compound that gave them uh, huge dicks. Enormous, meaty shards. Like, just fucking logs swinging around down there. Wow, why would the Inquisitor need that? Is he making another Primark? Can he do that? No, he's probably getting it for the Emperor, who's very much still alive. We absolutely believe that, by the way. 100%. We are not heretics. Nope. No heresy here. Uh, don't worry about all the intricate patterns we've doodled on the wall with our own blood and excrement. It's, it's all very aheretical. Uh, we're just trying to uh, entertain ourselves as best we can in solitary confinement. That's right. We disavow all chaos sympathies here and now. It's just a coincidence that the painting we did looks like the eight-pointed star. Oh, okay, that's good to hear. Because it really does look like the eight-pointed star. No, 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 no. It's an eight-pointed sun. It is completely different. Uh, that makes sense. But wait, you never told me what purple kush is exactly. So welcome to Bros Once Loyal, the podcast where two friends indoctrinate and torture another friend into a really codependent and shitty hobby. I'm Andrew. I'm Sam. And I'm Jeff. I Jeff. <laughs> so today we're talking about, we talked about Trader Marines last episode. Or not yeah. Trader Marines, Trader Primarchs. And so now we're we're doing the good boys, the the sweet. You know, daddy's good little boys. Teacher's pets. Daddy's angels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these are these are the dudes who, um, despite their you know very distant and <laughs> neglectful father, I wouldn't call I wouldn't call the emperor abusive. I would call him incredibly incredibly ne negligent. He's, he's absent. Yes. <laughs> Dad's gonna remember my birthday this year. I just know it. <laughs> yeah, one of them. Um... I think one of them said that uh, the emperor was the greatest leader that humanity has ever seen, but he was an absolutely terrible father. <laughs> Which is a common sentiment that's shared among uh, the primarchs, both loyalist and traitor. Yeah, no, it, I'm I'm trying to think. Like um, the only one who doesn't have any angst towards uh, the emperor was just kind of the Khan. I think the Khan was just sort of like, "Oh, we're a dude, okay, cool." Yeah. 
is this guy's like space mongol biker and all his uh all his his legion all his sons are all just space mongol bikers and that's their whole gimmick his name is chagat's icon his legion is the white scars and he just kicks ass all over the galaxy and looks really cool while doing it and he doesn't fucking talk about it Nope. <laughs> he's, he's, the, he's the only fucking Primarch, and it's the only fucking Legion where they just try to mind their own goddamn business. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they don't, they don't like have any honoraries or any just fucking butt sniffing. They're the best. I I fucking love the White Scars, and they were the most boring fucking Legion for the longest time. Yeah, I but, think a um, big part of why people didn't. Uh glom onto them like they did with others is like well first of all making an army out of all bikes i i don't think it really works in the tabletop i don't play the tabletop that much but yeah no, yeah no absolutely like bikes bikes are really good for like harassment and they're good for like supporting shock troops and and stuff like that but otherwise they just all they have are just like regular attacks and bolters, and then they have heavy bolters, and then like there's like a few meltas and stuff, but otherwise you just don't have a lot of combat potential out of bikes. They're just really good yeah. support. They're really good support units. Yeah. Also, also because white is a pain in the ass to paint and make it look good. Yeah, no, it's it's. I'm doing that with my my fucking Tau right now. Just the ones that I'm doing that are trying to look like the uh, civil protection from Half Life Two, and it fucking sucks. It it like the, <laughs> it sucks so bad. You have to do just like a a bright white. No, you have to do grays. You have to do grays, and then just like slowly work your way up to a bright white, and like it just. It's so easy to fuck up. And then when you put a wash on to like do shadows and recesses, it will just look like diarrhea just like cut shit all over the fucking model and then you have to like start over again it's such a fucking pain but you know when it's done right it looks good diarrhea i mean <laughs> oh you, you did a really good job of saving that thank you I appreciate just gotta go for the poop joke so go. someone just came shit all over my model <laughs> <laughs> But no, like, like yeah, Jagatai, he's he's really cool. He uh, he actually beat Fulgrim in a duel. Yeah, Fulgrim is like one of the the prissiest and just like most self indulgent and just self important Primarchs. We talked about know. him last time. Yeah, no, he's he's the. It's like, uh, yeah, if people know Berserk, then Fulgrim is very Griffith. <laughs> he's one of the more interesting Primarchs, like the. A lot of them are just like kind of boring archetypes, but he actually goes on yeah. a crazy fucking journey. Yeah, um, yeah. Like uh honestly, Chagataikon is just space mongol Genghis Khan if he was like a badass biker dude. And that's awesome, but they don't really go that far from just that basic uh archetype, that concept. Yeah, but you know, he he uh was one of the uh the three Primarchs to uh defend Terra. Like it was um, him, Sanguinius, and Dorn who were on Terra during the siege, which like like that's like one of the things where it's just like, well, no one really knows much about the scars, but they were they were fucking there. Like they were yeah. they, they were they pulling were, their weight when it mattered. Yeah, exactly. And they don't brag about it. Like they don't like that's like the best part. Yeah, of it. like like the Imperial Fists and Dorn just love to jack off about how they're fucking Terra's legion and all this all that like 
painting everything gold and shit, but the scars are just like just like blowing a cloud of smoke out of the engine of their Harley and peeling off into the sunset while like blasting Judas Priest. <laughs> <laughs> the work here is done. <laughs> what um one of the things that I loved about um the horse heresy books is that I think it was um this like uh one thing that um Russ did, who we'll talk about him in a second, he sent like a lot of his wolves out to he would send like a pack out to each legion to just sort of see what their deal was, if they were staying loyal or if they were being traitors. And when he went to the con they just were like, hey, we're just here to hang out and just sort of like make sure that everything's okay. And they were just like, no, you're not. You're here to kill me if I turn traitor, but that's that's fine. But like Mortarian showed up at one point. It Like the Khan fucking went to, um, fuck, what is the planet of sorcerers where Magnus and the Thousand Suns live? Prospero. Uh, Prospero. Thank you. They went to Prospero, the uh, the Thousand Sons, to investigate what happened because the Khan and uh, Magnus were fucking homies. They loved each other. All right, and, they were bros. Yeah, no, because they were both like, hey, we're both like. I, I mean, Magnus had the um, just ego of Elon Musk. Like he, he yeah, just, yeah, like, easily. Yeah, no, because he he was just kind of like he was super self important, but he also loved framing himself as just like this selfless giver who who just like you know was <laughs> working for the betterment of man while also union busting and just you know just yep. <laughs> just, just generally doing shitty things. It's like and, hey, hey, I put the fucking rhino into space, and there's a guy with sunglasses on it, and then all the other Primarchs are just like fucking why, dude. For science, for enlightenment, <laughs> for the betterment of mankind. Yeah, I don't know. But like, yeah, he and the Khan were buddies. And so the Khan just kind of went over to Prospero to see what was going on. And like the siege of Prospero already happened. Like there's just tons of dead wolves and dead thousand suns everywhere. You know, the city is oh, yeah. burned to the ground and blown up. And um, while he's there, Mortarian shows up and he's just like, hello. Like, just, <laughs> I don't know. Like, he's trying to do that like horror movie villain thing, but I don't even know. But he's he he's trying to be so edgy the whole time, just sort of like, oh, I don't even care. I don't even care about the rebellion. I don't care about any of this. All I care about is just. Uh, While you were out rebelling and having sex, I studied the blade. Yeah, <laughs> definitely Mortarian and fucking drinking poison. And then they had a fight. The Khan kicked the shit out of Mortarian. And I was just like, get the fuck out of my face. Um, I wish I could remember this more uh, vividly, but I, I just don't. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to like, I figure we could just try to get as much out as we can with each Primarch and just like oh, move yeah. on. Uh, and like, there's not a lot with the Khan. Yeah, and he, I, know I think he literally did like ride off into the sunset, though. Oh yeah, he went missing with the entire like first brotherhood of the White Scars, all his closest homies, while chasing after a cabal of Dark Eldar. Oh yeah, and the that's... Warp Rift called them called them Maelstrom. Yeah, and that's one thing he actually um, did not love fighting other humans, and he avoided it as much as possible. And so, like most of the Crusade, he was known for just being an orc killer. Like he he just you know, just crushed tons and tons and tons of like orc empires and civilizations. And he, the scars rarely subjugated human worlds. 
they just kind of went off into the like you know unknown territories that like the administration didn't really know about and that's another reason why they were just kind of considered weird like you know they weren't going after he was also a staunch anti-imperialist and he considered joining horus just for the sake of getting rid of the emperor of emperors like you know emperor of mankind was he like genghis khan like the 50 percent of orcs have like some khan dna in them Oh my, god. oh my god. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, Jesus Christ. I'm sure, I'm sure we could ask. <laughs> oh my god. I'm sure we could ask Games Workshop and they'll, they'll Send a elucidate us. A letter from a group of fans. <laughs> we demand answers. Oh my god. Dude, my, my my sister did like what was that fucking stupid heritage thing called again? Twenty three and me. Oh my god! I, I thought yeah, it just sounds. I, I remember. I was like, it sounds like Forever Twenty One, except it's not. Um, but like she did it, and like it was just like, oh, like we're we're like slightly related to Jagus Khan. I'm just like, yeah. So is like everybody on the fucking planet. <laughs> he, he he like conquered like half the half the world. <laughs> just fucked everybody it was horrible yeah um but uh, anyway so yeah that's the con but going off what sam said uh he like really focused on just like fighting just aliens he he hated like fighting or subjugating human planets avoided it as much as possible and then like towards the end of the heresy the dark eldar were just kind of like whoa like this human empire just got the just kicked its own ass by itself like we should go pick it, and like yeah, we should get what the getting's good, and just yeah. strike this super vulnerable, huge target while it's at its weakest. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so that's the con. Um, okay, Sam, who yeah. should who should we talk about next? All right, um, I think I want to do Gilliman last because there's yeah, a lot no, to it's, cover. There's so much to cover. Okay, so it's let's um, boy. let's see. Oh, can we ca- talk about fucking uh, Rogaldorn though? Oh, of course, we can do Rogaldorn. He's yeah. basically Gilliman Jr., except he's just like way, way the stick that's up his ass is like twice as long. Yeah, like, yeah. So fucking Rogaldorn, he's got the Imperial fists, and they just chill out at Terra most of the time. And they're like when you play Terran in StarCraft, and you just fucking turtle. You just keep on fucking turtling, and that's all you do. Just bunkers and castles everywhere. Walls. Yeah, Yeah, no, they... I love the fists. he's a camping piece of shit. (laughs) I I, I love the fists, though, because it's just sort of like, you know, when you've got, like, the dark angels who are just sort of, like, you know, just, like, really hipstery and ostentatious with their gear, they're just sort of like, oh, what archaeotech do you like to use? I have this, like, old, like, heresy pattern plasma rifle, you know? What do you like? And they're just like, I like chainswords and bolters. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, like, like, that's, like, that's one thing that I love about the fists, is that they just, yeah. like, there's no subtlety to them. Like, it's just like, yeah, we use big guns, and we use loud chainsaw swords, and that's it. The Imperial Fists and Rogaldorn are very much the Ron Swan of uh space marines <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mustaches and very stern and just everything is either very functional and simple or it's not worth having they're libertarians just <laughs> like ron swanson yeah they just like building things and they like killing aliens and that's all you need in life 
Yeah, no, they're they're fun. There's actually like some really good Imperial Fist art. Um, where oh man, I'm like really worried about typing that in Google, but (laughs) (laughs) Imperial Fisting. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Okay, let's let's see. Um, one second, I just I gotta find I gotta die on this hill. I gotta find this fucking picture. (laughs) I got a Um, fist. I got a fist, baby. Come on. Um, I think I found it. Uh-oh, I was just sent to a Facebook group called Sentinels of Terra, the Imperial Fist Third Company. This is this is a page. Is it a LARPing page? Or not LARP? I guess you wouldn't be LARPing. Maybe. Um, yes. LARPing. Uh, not a single person has liked a single post on this page. <laughs> I think this is just a page that somebody made for, like, their own benefit well. to to kind of chronicle the imperial fists oh. I'm, I'm like suddenly like really engrossed in whatever is happening here oh, um, that's that's uh it's nice it's strange to find like like a little untouched corner of the internet with somebody's vanity project there that's yeah welcome, no, but... welcome to my website please sign my guest book oh god oh that's so sweet i miss that yeah. that was such a cool part of early internet <laughs> But yeah, like right there, like you see, Sam, you see like the Ultramarine, like Terminator. And then there's that one fist um, sergeant who's just punching the head off yeah. of like a fucking traitor Marine. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. It's That's just, my like, shit. Yeah, no, I, I love the fists They're They are like a weird mixture of just kind of warrior elite, just ga- gauche, like, you know, bullshit. But then they're just like very simplistic in terms of how they fight, like, which I just adore yeah so um Walter Gulper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly i mean yeah so when we talk about dorn we have to mention uh his not just rivalry but outright fucking i'm going to kill you feud with uh Pergarabo because oh boy right. you know if one legion specializes for just building walls and being a camping piece of shit and another legion specializes in just siege and attrition warfare uh, you know, it's it's uh, it, an unstoppable object meeting an immovable force. Yeah, and like one one legion is given the ultimate honor of returning to Terra to like you know be the you know home team, and the other is just like, who are you? They get stuck <laughs> with all the Charlie work. Yeah, no, it's just it's just like Mitch McConnell just like going into work and seeing some protesters and being like, what? Huh? <laughs> like, who, what, what, what's going, who are you? okay whatever <laughs> like, yeah know. so there's this one uh there's this one thing where one i think after the heresy uh doran said that he would find pergarabo and bring him back to terra in an iron cage so then pergarabo heard this and he set up a little uh, fortress on the edge of the world that he called the iron cage and basically made it into the like Thousand Mile Landmine Punji Stick uh, Torture Chamber Death of Thon Fun Run and <laughs> was just sitting there in in his fortress like yeah come at me bro and just taunting Dorn relentlessly so Dorn sent his legion in and they didn't get Perturapo and a lot oh. of fists died and it's 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 I think it's like a great send off 
to like you know it's kind of the end of the era story you know Dorn gets to have his moment just sort of like helping hold off against just like you know nine traitor legions and it's just him the blood angels and the Khan with like you know the massive home imperial guard army or imperial army I guess at that point mm-hmm. and then like Perturabo he didn't have many designs for life after the heresy but like he's just like there's one thing I gotta do humble this piece of shit Um, yeah who's doing the charlie work now yeah no it's 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 oh god yeah i finally dude i'm so fucking slow i finally realized that that was an always sunny reference oh my god God. (laughs) jesus christ what's happening to us (laughs) what have i become my sweet charlie that's sweet the way doran died is he was in space on a ship and he was boarding he was boarding a trader ship or they were boarding him and he just got fucking zerg rushed by uh the world eaters by angron's boys and well there's only one thing that happens when a, a guy gets just shit kicked in by a hundred world eaters and even if they're a badass like dorn you're gonna die yeah it's, no that's there's You're not many die. forces. There's not many forces that can survive a uh, world eaters invasion. The Tau had to fucking deal with the world eaters recently, and like I'm pretty sure that they're like they had like a colony planet, and it was just getting completely destroyed by them. And so like these Tau pathfinders just ventured up to a volcano and just like triggered it to erupt, and just like <laughs> that was the only way. But it was like a pyrrhic victory where like the entire colony, along with like the world eaters invasion. Force, just got completely destroyed by this fucking um uh volcano but um yep. yeah now dorn i think that was all that was the lore has changed with him where like all that's been left is like either his hand or multiple hands yeah or, i think like something like more than two hands, hands. <laughs> possibly be like you know like uh relics in the middle ages where you had like uh 50 churches all in france that said they had like uh the shroud of turin or a piece of the true cross or something we have oh. Dorn's hand well we had the one that he used to jack off so you know, <laughs> <fuck> you. <laughs> you know speaking of uh auto got the ass wiping hand <laughs> Speaking of autoerotic behavior, uh, Rogaldorn and the Imperial Fist, Imperial Fists employ something known as a pain glove. I don't, I don't remember what this is. What is this? A, a pain glove? Uh, yeah. Well, like most things that are like vaguely elaborated on in the canon, it changes depending on which writer is writing about it. But it's supposed to be something where you're just in a state of constant pain all the time, like all of your pain receptors on either the nerve on your hand or the nerve all over your body are getting triggered just so you can be stronger through the suffering and probably come a really big load. Is it oh. like that, that thing in Dune with the box? The Gomjabber, what's it called? Oh, the Gomjabar. Uh, same basic concept, but you just stay in it all the time. Like, it's part of your, either part of, like, the gauntlets on, on your armor or part of your whole armor. Okay, shit. Yeah, and when you jack off, it probably feels amazing, but... <laughs> <laughs> this is called a stranger danger. <laughs> My dad taught me how to. <laughs> my dad taught me how to fucking uh, jack off without ripping my skin off. You know I'm show you? <laughs> that video was so fucking funny. I was like yeah. laughing 
I was laughing so hard at that. I saw another of that guy's videos, and it was like, um, it's just like, oh, you know, I have relations with women and sex with men, and that doesn't make me gay. Like, <laughs> actually, bro, it does make you gay. It was apparently, <laughs> it was apparently from a Law and Order episode. And it was like just, oh my god, just with like um, just like with two Left for Dead characters. It was so fucking funny. Um, anyway, there's a lot. Is this? Um, here I'll I'll post it. I'll I'll post both of them just so like you get your reactions. Um, it's probably in my recent history. Uh, da, 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 da. okay, here we go. Should we watch now? We can also hold it off until I, I after mean, the app. It's it's fine with like free form. It's just a short video. All right, let's see. Okay, 17 seconds. Oh, yeah, what is this? I am not gay. I have relationships with women and sex with men. And I got news for you. That means you're gay. Look <laughs> <Okay>, at <laughs> the ominous music. <laughs> dark, dark, dark music. <laughs> That's this guy's name, Anonymous Gamer. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, gotta gotta I love that. And he has a his profile picture is of um, uh, Jake Sully from Avatar. Oh, really? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking movie. Yeah, that, it'd be fun to like do like Crute and like Avatar. Joint. <laughs> oh my god, that's a great idea. Because <laughs> like Crute, they don't have sex. With um, with sexual organs, they just sweat on each other. <laughs> and it'd be just like the fucking Navi. I smell you, Jake Sully. I I sweat on you, Jake Sully. <laughs> God. Okay, let's go back to Primarchs because that's what yeah. We're about. Um, we went off on a wild tangent. I don't know what I don't know what the fuck to talk about with Dorn because he's literally the most boring Primark out of all of them. Like I I love the fists, but there's just like not much to the guy. I also yeah. haven't I haven't read any. I know there's like one horse heresy book that apparently fleshes him out a bit, but like everything I've read, it's just sort of like other Primarchs being like, "Oh Dorn, why don't you open up?" And he's just like, mm, "What? I, I I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you're saying." Like I'm I, yeah. I, I'm the most personal one there is. And he's just like... It's like Ron Swanson. He doesn't really know what emotional intimacy really looks like. Yes, and, and you know, uh, who's who's uh, Ron Swanson's girlfriend at the end of the show? Oh, uh, what's, what's her name? Diane? Yeah, I think it's Diane. Yeah, it's just like... Diane is just the protection of Tara. <laughs> and that is just his ideal ideal relationship. All right, let's move on to a more interesting... The more, more interesting, interesting guy. Oh my god! Oh, there, we could talk about that uh, that lion guy. Oh, dude, I love Lionel Johnson. He's so fucking. <laughs> I just know he got named for a uh, a poet who died from falling off a bar stool and hitting his head. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, and his the um, legion he has the Dark Angels. They were named for his poem Dark Angel, which I think deals with his uh, the author's repressed homosexuality. So that's interesting. I mean, there's something that's like very one of the things that I love about uh, Warhammer is that, like, you know, the heresy starts with the warrior lodges, which is just like a place for all the Marines to just ignore rank and just kind of 
admit their brotherly love for one another. And like, <laughs> I mean, it's the most homoerotic thing. And like it, I, I think I, it's I, fine. You know, they have relationships with women and they have sex with men. It's not gay, Dad. <laughs> it's warrior bonds between men. <laughs> oh my god! But like, I, I don't know. I do, I, I do love that in 40k. It's just like these big, spicy boys who just, <laughs> who like just like the biggest struggle of their lives is just kind of like admitting their feelings for one another. Like that's, that's what makes up the heresy. It's what makes up like all the strife. Yeah. Lionel Johnson. I didn't know that. I knew about the poet part, but I didn't realize like, you know, the poem and I didn't realize that the dude died falling off of a fucking bar stool. Yeah. That's a nice little piece of trivia. It's a glorious poet's death. You know, it's absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, Edgar Allan Poe died in a gutter, so that's the way it goes. Fucking way she goes. It's a better way to die, I would say. Um, So um, the Dark Angels and the Lion have this whole, like, Arthurian legend thing going on that uh, I've never really gotten super into them, but I always hear you talk about them because you're super hype on them. But, like, you know, they're they're like um, that that world Caliban where Lion got sent and where he grew up. It's just, like, there's monsters in the woods and knights go and slay them. And that's what he grew up around. That's what he modeled his legion around. Yes, um, and for some reason there was a giant fucking horse. There was a horse that could accommodate Lionel Johnson. Right, because like, there, there was a horse that was bred just for him. <laughs> that like probably took several generations. Um, make me a horse that's fucking huge, <laughs> because I am fucking huge. I'm f- fucking How lord he coming? <laughs> Zach a chunker. <laughs> it's horse time, baby. <laughs> um yeah, no. One thing that I, I loved about um the first Dark Angels book in the the Heresy doesn't take place um during the Crusades. It takes place during Old Night when like Caliban was still separated from all of the Imperium or just humanity in general. And um, one of the things that like was like really cool about it is like Lionel Johnson was just kind of like, all right, I'm just going to like kind of bully every single knightly house into joining mine. I'm not a person. I'm not a very personal person. Uh, I don't know how to be charismatic, but I'm just like really fucking good at what I do. Um, so I'll use my second command, Luther. Luther is very charismatic. Oh, yeah, Luther. He is very good at leading people and organizing people, and I'm really good at tactics and fighting, and I'm really good at just, you know, running the numbers and being a bean counter. So the two of them, Luther and Lionel Johnson, kind of get all the knightly houses together, and there's one last house that refuses to join, and it turns out after they like finally take it over by force, they see that this house has been like breeding these monsters, and they're just like, "Why have you been doing this? Like, this is what we've like committed our lives to is killing these monsters to you know protect the people." And like, I forget the guy's name, but he's just sort of like, "Don't you realize, like, you know, if there are no monsters, there's no point in knights. You know, they won't need us anymore. There'll be no point to us." And you know we will fade away, you know all the all the bond, the brotherly bonds, the all the all the good sex, all, the, the, all the, the, good the fucking 
charging crystal J.O. sessions with the bros <laughs> under the yes. starry skies. It'll all be gone. It'll all it'll all just be like tears in the rain. <laughs> um and like that's why we were breeding the monsters because you know we needed to have a reason to keep existing because you were killing all of them and and it's kind of foreshadowing the heresy a little bit like because that's like one right. thing that's a huge anxiety that the astartes had is they're just sort of like oh shit once we conquer the galaxy there's going to be like no reason for us to exist and we might go the way of the thunder warriors and just right. slowly get killed off I don't know. It, like it, it was written really well. I forget. It was either Guy Haley or um, Dark Angels, Horace Heresy book, uh, Fallen Angels. Nope, it's some motherfucker named Mike Lee, who I don't remember. But Mike Lee did a good job with it. But yeah, uh, one thing that was like really fun about Lionel Johnson is that he. Um, he had a really fun play date with Gilliman during the Horus Heresy. And like he basically, after kind of having a few, I don't know, one thing that Lionel Johnson did is like he didn't know what was what or what was going on. So he just kind of sent like recon sorties to kind of figure out what the other legions were doing. And he sabotaged a um a artillery shipment that was going to go to Horus. But otherwise, mm-hmm. he didn't really he didn't really do much, and then he just sort of like heard about Gilliman kind of hunkering down in Ultramar, and he went to go see if he was loyal or not. And basically, he found that Gilliman had declared himself like Ultramar to be like the sequel to the Imperium. Yeah, he he had, he had um he kind of anticipated the downfall of the Imperium, so he had turned like his own little sand castle into its own private rump state, like just uh, yeah. Kind of in the fall of the Soviet Union when all the different breakaway republics started cascading, except yeah. it was only him. It was only him. It, yeah, it was only him. Yeah, he was the. So only you're guy. saying there's some sort of a uh, Gilliman's Island? <laughs> oh my god! Jesus Christ! These are the stupidest jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was sitting on that for like half an hour waiting for an opportunity to use Wait, who's who's the the captain who is just kind of like, ah, oh, Gilligan, you can't do that. Like, oh, the skipper. Yeah, the skipper. Yeah, that was um that was Lionel Johnson. Lionel Johnson <laughs> was the skipper from, from Gilligan's Island who just came in and was just sort of like, oh man, nice uh Nice second Imperium you have there. You mind if I come and shit all over it? Because <laughs> like, he, he was like totally ready to just crush Ultramar and, and other stuff like that. But, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a fun story. Uh, we'll talk about it another time. Conrad yeah. Kurz is involved. He's, oh, yeah. Our favorite Edge Lord. Yeah, no, he's, he's great. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know a lot about Lionel Johnson. Well, well, even right. more than me. But well, actually, fucking, Sam, what happened with Luther though? Like, yeah, uh, no, no. I mean, Luther. So Luther, um, it turned out just sort of like he just had a symptom where like he just was like the good second in command who just like did his charges, but people just liked him more. You know, like people would privately just sort of be like, "Yo, why aren't you uh, leading the Dark Angels?" And he'd be like, "Oh, you know, just." Uh, 
that's that's not my place. That's uh that's uh Lions, you know, he uh he's the guy. And yep. everyone's just looking at him like, but bro, you could be the guy. And he just Yeah, no, exactly. And there was something in like one of the books where he kind of um he didn't try to kill Gilliman or not Gilliman, fucking I don't know, they all sound the same. Lionel Johnson. Um he didn't try to kill Lionel Johnson, but he did neglect to aid him during a certain engagement. And it, Lionel Johnson is very shrewd and he kind of picked up on it immediately and just was sort of like, uh, I've got a great honor for you, uh, Luther. You are going to go back to Caliban and you are going to stay there forever. And you're going to train the new recruits and just lead the government and defense force there. You know, you will have no more glory in the fucking crusade. You're just going to hang out there. And, you know, uh, fucking Luther was forced to kind of, like, grit his teeth and be like, I'm so happy! This is the best day of my life! (laughs) And and from there, basically, just he started to kind of lose his mind. He just had cabin fever, you know. Couldn't leave the house. It's like Mag and Dennis moved to the suburbs. Oh, God. <laughs> Just when he throws the fucking, that plate of pancakes or pasta or whatever. <laughs> it's it's Max's famous mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and he makes every night. Yeah. And no, he just hurls it across the room. Like, no, yeah, that's how Luther's feeling by the, uh, by the end of it. And just reaches a breaking point where him and everyone who was uh, hype on him more than they were about the lion, uh, they all just, uh, they kind of caused some shit. Like, you know, there's there's a huge civil war that happens and, with the Dark Angels had, on their own home world. Yeah, and they had no knowledge of the heresy because they were just stuck on the planet. Like, this was something that they created all on their own with no knowledge that there was a giant civil war going on. It was just like its own little mini heresy that took place within the Dark Angels Legion itself. Yep. Yeah. No, I like, I don't know. That's like one thing that I just like love in the lore. And in the current lore, Luther has escaped. He is out yes. in, in the fucking galaxy now. Before, um, they had Luther in prison because they found him like at the end of this big civil war, their homeworld Caliban was destroyed. And Luther was just there floating in space because space marines can do that. And he was just saying the same words over and over again. The Primarch had been carried away by the Watchers in the dark, and one day he would return to forgive Luther for the terrible sins he had committed. That's all that I, I fuck, I forgot that part. That's all that, she wrote. That's all she wrote, baby. So, well, you know, Lionel well, Johnson have... right now in the lore is kind of like that uh, that king under the mountain myth. Like there, Well, there's a bunch of Primarchs who are like that or, or were like that. But uh, yeah, that's been Lion for a while. And maybe one day he's going to show up again. You know, just like, uh, just like the Khan. Maybe he's still tearing ass across the webway somewhere. Maybe he's going to come back after he went to go get that pack of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I do love with the Space Marines it's just like generational trauma. Just like they're just like so shitty to their kids. Yeah, they they just their dad didn't know how to be a dad, so they don't know how to be a dad for their kids. 
Who who is a good dad? Vulcan's a good dad. Oh, Vulcan's a really good dad. Yeah. Wait, let's, let's, yeah. Fuck fuck these guys. Let's talk about Vulcan. Yeah, Vulcan's the man. He's uh, he's with the Salamanders. They are the token black guys. It's because they uh, they live on a planet where just everything is volcanic, so their skin just turned black, so they could just walk around in environments with lava rivers all the time. Yeah, and that's, actually, just, that's just science. That, yep. Oh yeah, that's you know, that's, that's exactly just, how melanin works. That, that's race science. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. let's please not talk about skull shapes or anything. Yeah, no, let's uh, let's, let's let's save that for the next episode. <laughs> Have, uh, let's have Arch Warhammer come on. You know, I think he'd be oh, a perfect God. guest to have what come he, on. What is he, some Warhammer Nazi? Yeah, no, he's he's one of them. He's oh, like he's, the the thing that's great about him though is that his like viewership is dwindling, and he's just like it's just kind of the last pathetic dances of like you know just a dying body before it's just rictus like that's happening with him right now. Like where he's like trying to be more and more edgy and just more and more of a just fucking you know Nazi piece of shit. Like like well, is he like uh, full on like fourteen eighty eight Nazi or is he just like whining about social justice warriors? Um, I mean, he did recently put out a video that was just like, "Can Space Marines be black?" Is this, <laughs> like, is this forced diversification or is it canon? Maybe, okay. the, answer, yeah. maybe the answer is both. <laughs> like, oh dear. Yeah, oh no, dear. Yeah, there was actually one of the um, edgelords, like, you know, it's like, it's one of the guys who will just like say retard on like a regular basis. Right. Like, he's like from Australia. So like he says oh. that he you know says con he says a ton of things on like a regular basis like that you're just like oh man I wish you wouldn't say that so much but this dude like went out and just like went on the attack against him and it was just sort of like hey this Nazi fucking sucks and I was just like, <laughs> wow oh my god thank you chaotic neutral Aussie Warhammer YouTuber. No, uh, Australians are chaotic neutral by nature. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like Jesus Christ. They're just the the great equalizers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather be an Australian than a fascist. <laughs> yeah, same, <laughs> same, absolutely. That's perfect. Uh, anyway, oh uh, you know, we we can talk about like idiot trauma all day, but uh, <laughs> Vulcan is the. Uh, People called him the Black Dragon because he was the black guy. Uh, we call him the Jolly Green Giant because his uh, <laughs> his legion has like green armor. They're the oh Salamanders. They got this whole dragon motif. Really likes flame weapons. And Vulcan is a fucking pal. Like he is probably the number one Primarch who would actually like have your back. He wouldn't think of you as some like stupid fledgling insect that's not worth his time. Vulcan grew up among regular people doing regular things, regular people things, and he just knows what it's like to be anywhere on the bottom rung in society. He's, he's just, he's been there, man. He feels your pain. Vul Vulcan is like a kind of like progressive church in in Queens. He's just like, oh yeah, I'll host your... I'll I'll host your DSA chapter if you want to. Like you know, everyone's free to come here. Like you know, like I just want to be here for the community, man. Like, and 
he is like this weird mirror to uh Lorgar, where like right. the, two, the two of them, like back in like the Great Crusade days, were the friendliest Primarchs. And like I actually don't know, but I'd be interested to see just like how they got along together during um during those days. Cause like they both Vulcan was not as like resistant about being a warrior. I think he like, you know, was definitely on board with like the mission for uniting humanity together and stuff, but he wanted to do it in like a humane way. I'm pretty sure he subjugated worlds just by speeches and like talking to people and appealing to like communal harmony and just like, you know, reaching out to the stars and just like being a part of something bigger than yourself. I don't know. Yeah. That's 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 always been Vulcan. Like, he was known. He was known for his uh, catchphrase: "Live long and prosper." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's an emoji. There's an official emoji in the, in the iPhone. Yeah, for, for his his little hand sign <laughs> that he did. Oh man, it'd be funny to like do some Star Trek episodes because, like, even though I've watched almost every series, I still barely know anything about Star Trek. I haven't seen an entire Star Trek series back to back. I've just seen yeah, a lot of scattered episodes of Next Gen and Deep Space Nine and like a little the bit of like Voyager yeah. Enterprise. The problem is that like each each show like goes on for like eight seasons, except the original series. It just goes on forever. And so like by the time you start like kind of compartmentalizing everything you forget half of what you've already watched and so like the experience is just kind of lost on you anyway yeah vulcan vulcan is a uh is the the star trek character he's like yeah he's the one just like super positive guy and like in a world of shit you know yeah and a, a just a galaxy of of complete shit and like he's the most tragic fucking character in the heresy because he loses oh, yeah. his he loses his goddamn mind yep. during the heresy it's just you know it's not something that he can even fathom so like one thing that we'll talk about eventually we can do like a whole episode on it is like the fucking uh istvan drops oh, yeah no that's once we do like a multi-part horus heresy thing we can talk about that for a while yeah but um v- Suffice to say, Vulcan just cannot even comprehend that any one of his brothers or any one of their legions could possibly hurt him. He just yeah. has this—he has this undying trust in everybody. Vulcan and, like, is straight up like that one meme from Arthur, where Buster's like, "You think somebody could do that? Just go on the internet and tell lies." <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That's like one of the better Arthur memes. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. But yeah, that's Vulcan. He just believes in the inherent goodness of everybody. And when people betray him and betray everything he stands for, he just can't understand why. Yeah, no, it's like, it it definitely reminds me of people who I've known in organizing and nonprofits. It, you know it's like you there's two kinds of people there's three kinds of people there's people who think they're like god's gift to earth in organizing and nonprofits. Mm-hmm. there's just the kind of jaded assholes like and i'm I'm, yeah. definitely, I'm definitely one of those and then there's just like the actually like really really good people and and like yeah i don't know vulcan vulcan is just like that ngo dsa organizer who is just like 
un, undeterred by every bad thing going on, who just has this undying belief in the human spirit to come. Yeah, he sounds like a like a guy at a rave who's like all plur and shit, and he'll get you water if you're like dehydrated and stuff. But then you take him to a nail show and he gets fucking crowd killed. <laughs> He gets kicked in the fucking ball five times, and he's just like, why am I here? Why is this happening to me? He's just wiped out by a guy, just corona kicking in the pit. And, he, and on top of that, he forgot to bring earplugs. Oh that's exactly what it is. Dude, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> There's actually, this, this ties into something really interesting in the lore where um, supposedly Vulcan got uh, killed at the uh, the great crowd killing of Istvan, but they wow. never actually found his body. And there are records of him existing up until at least like the second founding, which is like a, like a thousand years later. That's when the Black so. Templars were founded. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, th- there's all this these records of Vulcan just like sightings of him all around the galaxy just little things here and there like just some big black guy in green armor on the horizon who's just punching an alien's face in and those sightings have gotten more and more frequent recently (laughs) in the lore it's uh there's theories that he might be what's called a uh a perpetual people who just keep getting reincarnated oh yeah baby yeah and that's like a whole other can of worms yeah, I'm glad it's not like reincarnation like in fucking Cloud Atlas. Was it like a Rick and Morty episode? <laughs> like fucking like the dad. The dad was like a star of Cloud Atlas. Yeah. Dude, oh my god. That movie sucked so bad. <laughs> yeah. It was awful. It was so uh... bad. And then there was like the weird like caveman part that was like the far future, and they just like talked in that stupid, stupid, stupid dialect. I forget what it was. It was so insane. Yeah, I love that like Todd Atlas can't even make us laugh. Like we're just like kind of <laughs> just thinking about it's it. It's one of those movies that like you know sometimes a movie will come out like during uh, Oscar bait season, and a bunch of critics will just give it like super high scores, and then like. A year or two later, everyone's forgotten about it. Yeah, no, it, it's. I forget. Um, oh shit, Lindsay Ellis. I think Lindsay Ellis or some other YouTuber had this thing, just sort of like, oh yeah, like Oscar loves just fucking lonely astronaut man sci-fi films, like and and Cloud Atlas, like Cloud Atlas, like kind of fit the bill with Tom Hanks just playing this like intergenerational sad man <laughs> just kind of like being like what is the point of life like it, it definitely like also had like the same energy the fucking crash had like I don't know. <laughs> oh god i don't know we don't let's let's just like <laughs> over ahead because this is just a nightmare um but yeah vulcan vulcan is awesome like vulcan is one of those characters who i want to read more about and he's been definitely underserved during mm-hmm. the Horace Heresy books, he had his own book, and it was just total shit. It was just him being tortured by Conrad Kurz for a whole book. Oh, <laughs> and like Conrad Kurz always got to like, torture the black guy first. Oh yeah, no, Jeez. exactly. Yeah. And like, and Conrad Kurz is just like, ha ha ha! You believe in humanity, but I will break you. 
and Vulcan's just like, you can never break me. I love my friends. I don't do anything for my friends. Like he's just a pop punk he's singer. A like fucking shonen anime protagonist. Yes, that's exactly what he is in the fucking book, and it's so goddamn stupid. And like, you know what? This like makes me like Vulcan more, but it doesn't. It doesn't make this book any good. It's the shittiest fucking horse heresy book. And that series is like it has a reputation of actually like being decent sci-fi. Like, yeah, you, yeah like, not just decent, like, Warhammer fiction, but, like, actually decent sci-fi. Yeah, it's, like, it's decent sci-fi. Like, it's 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 pretty decent sci-fi, and, like, it is just kind of black library, just bottom-of-the-barrel bullshit. It's just, it's written so <laughs> poorly, and I'm just oh. like, oh, man, give this dude, give this dude, like, his day in the sun. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, he seems really cool. He reminds me of, uh... He's like an Isabel in like the Doom Eternal world or something. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he is. He's, he's exactly <laughs> like Isabel. Okay, so if Vulcan is Isabel, who is Doom Guy? Um, I mm, guess Lehman Russ. Yeah, Lehman Russ. Yeah, they Lehman would, Russ because he likes ripping and tearing, and he listens to a lot of heavy metal because he's the head of the Space Wolves, which are basically like werewolf Vikings. Oh hell yeah! Yeah. yeah. No. So the, the, they they drink beer, they fuck, they have a great time. They yeah, live no, on they, a uh, a super icy planet called Fenris, <laughs> and they live in a fortress called the Fang. They have this real big like wolf persona motif going on. It's really funny. We love it. Is there like fan art of them of the uh, the space wolf sitting on a couch with sunglasses on with their fists raised? Oh, oh, oh my god, like, um, what is that band called? Blasphemy. Blasphemy. <laughs> oh, Blasphemy. I yeah. love that. I, see, that's like, god, I'm having, like, my Captain America moment where I'm just like, I got that reference. I know what you guys are talking about. Like, I know that image perfectly. Um, yeah, no, it's it's so good. And they have their sunglasses on. It's so yeah. fucking funny. Um, yeah, Lehman Russ wears sunglasses all the time. Yeah, no. Lehman Russ is actually, um, you know, one thing that's like, it's great for the books, but bad for the characters is in in the books, the the Primarchs aren't always talked about that much. And they focus on more human, like literally human mortal characters that aren't even space marines. And for the space wolves, they focus on this kind of like paleontologist who just like is on Fenris, just trying to understand their culture. And it's, like, really good. He's, like, the only main character, and it's the only perspective you get. You are around other space wolves all the time, but it's, like, mostly this just normal fucking dude from Terra who's just trying to understand, like, space wolf culture. And you only, like, meet, um, what is his name? Lehman Russ. (laughs) Yeah. You only meet Lehman Russ, like, a couple of times in the book. He, He just kind of, um is super fatalistic but jolly like he's he's like a he's like a pretty laid-back guy but like he will definitely suddenly start talking about you know his time in the gulf war (laughs) (laughs) and just like and then just like make you super uncomfortable and like just sort of be like what do you think of that what do you think of that huh and then when you are just like stammering and trying to find words to like relate to someone who's like been through that he just like slaps you over the shoulder 
and just tells you to shut up. It's like um, it's like uh, Captain Peanut Butter in BoJack Horseman, where you know <laughs> he meets you and he gives you a big hug, crack open a beer, and then he looks up at the stars and he's like, you know, I contemplated suicide for the third time this week. Swig <laughs> a beer. <laughs> is that Mr. Peanut Butter's dad? Oh, that's or... his brother. His brother. Oh, okay, shit, yeah. I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen him. Oh man, I still need I to get far enough. Is that in the last season or like what season well, is that? I think he's in an earlier season. Yeah, I I need to rewatch that show because like one thing that's so annoying about that show is like there were so many people who were just sort of like, oh man, I'm in therapy right now and I'm learning all sorts of things about myself and BoJack Horseman's my favorite show. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh it, boy. It's I, like, I, oh, I don't know okay. if I can deal with that emotional exhaustion of yeah, no, exactly. BoJack Horseman being my favorite show because it's very emotionally exhausting. Oh, it's so fucking intense. A lot of gut punches. Yeah, it's a lot of gut punches. Like I, I, I still need to finish like the last two seasons. I still haven't watched those, but they're, like they're really good. It's I respect. I, re- I fucking respect it. Like it's it's such a good show. And like now that like the kind of clamor around it has like kind of calmed down a bit, I'm just like, all right, I think I can like jump in, and you know, yeah. so long as I can relate it to Warhammer. <laughs> what, what Primark is BoJack Horseman? <laughs> Uh, oh, Jack Horseman heresy. This <laughs> uh, kid's really earning his keep today. <laughs> All right, so well, yeah, Layman Russ really, really hated Magnus. He thought Magnus was a dumb fucking nerd, and Russ was always the guy who would just like come up behind him and just shove him into a locker and like always shake him down for his lunch money in between, uh, like right before seventh period. Yep, and that coalesced when, um, you know, when the emperor was uh, building his little webway project in the basement on Terra, and then Magnus showed up, being like, uh, "Hey, his fucking horse is gonna betray! He's gonna betray! Dead, dead, dead!" And the emperor was just like, "Shut the fuck up!" And just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, when that happened, and the emperor gave Lehman Russ and his space wolves the order to go fuck up Magnus's shit on Prospero. Lehman Russ was really, really into that. And ever since, the Thousand Suns and the Space Wolves have fucking hated each other. Yeah, no, it's um, one thing that like started is like, um, I forget if it was the Thousand Suns heresy book or the Space Wolves heresy book, but um, there was a joint operation where the two legions were working together. And um, I forget what the circumstances were in the scene, but, um, you know, like you know, psychers and just sort of like psychic uh, technique and all that was still kind of emergent and brand new for humanity. Um, the the kind of anti-psyker sentiment that exists in the 41st millennium today didn't exist yet. There were There was definitely apprehension and people who were worried about it, but like this was like the golden age for humanity and so like humanity had its own enlightenment and psychic powers were a part of that like it's like this is the direction that we're going in and this is what we're going to become we're going to become something where we can just you know jack our own dicks off with our brains like mm-hmm. we, we don't have to we don't have to uh you know confine ourselves to just physicality look ma no hands 
So like what happened with this uh, operation was um, I think there was like a Thousand Suns contingent that tried to like call down like psychic rain on an enemy and it ended up killing like an entire squad of space wolves in the process. And so like for that was just sort of like, you know, Lehman Russ just sort of being like, you know what, like you all call me like prosaic, you call me stupid, you call me barbaric, but at least I don't like kill other legionaries. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Like, you know, like, that's like what really killed, like, broke the camel's back for him was he was just sort of like, I may be this, like, you know, just super basic asshole who likes Creed, but like, (laughs) at least I don't hurt other people's feelings, you know, (laughs) or like, I like Imagine Dragons, okay? They're my favorite (laughs) band. (laughs) Like, and like, at least I don't have a Burzum tattoo. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly. That's exactly what like he was, and like that's that day just sort of destroyed the relationship between the two legions. It was because like at that point the space wolves were just kind of considered um, they weren't on the level of the world eaters, they weren't on the level of uh, the night lords or anything, but they were considered like a just kind of like barbaric chapter. Well, for a long time during the Great Crusade, uh, they were considered the Emperor's executioners. Like, he would send Lehman Russ and the Space Wolves out to just finish off whatever needed to be finished off. No survivors. Yep. So that's why the Emperor chose him to go to Prospero. And it's uh, postulated that uh, there's those two legions with those two Primarchs that got swept under the rug. Nobody knows what happened to them. They don't exist anymore. We don't talk about it. Maybe Lehman Russ was the reason. Who knows? Oh, man. Yeah, no, I'd never even thought about that. And when it's, it's been brought up a couple times while I've been reading, and it's anytime someone... There's like been several times where, like, a Primarch is about to emotionally break and talk about it, and then like the other Primarch will be like, we swore to never talk about that day and what happened. We all know what happened, and it was awful. <laughs> like, it was so terrible. I weep for my lost brothers. And like, it's, yeah. You can definitely imagine just like um, Lehman Russ just chopping off heads and killing people. But yeah. um, one thing to note, and it's a fun fact about Lehman Russ, is that the Imperial Guard named their primary battle tank after him. Oh, that's right. It, I mean, it doesn't make super much sense, considering that the Imperial Guard aren't space marines, but, you know, it's a cool name for a tank, and he well, was a of, pretty badass like, dude. It's kind of like, you know, the shirt. Well, what's it called? The Rust Bucket? Yeah, the Rust Bucket. <laughs> yeah, the Rust Bucket. <laughs> that's amazing. Holy shit, I actually love that. Did you just yeah. make that up on the spot? Oh, yeah. Fuck you. Nice. You're so clever and smart. I hate you. Get this guy to write the next black library. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here I am, just with my own rust bucket. Wait, what was um Plankton's competition to the um the, uh, the chum bucket. The chum bucket, thank you. Um Yeah, there's there's a lot of pushback, so you have to add the age to it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh shit. While we're talking, uh, we already mentioned the lines. This is good. There's this uh, this really dumb tradition that the Space Wolves and the Dark Angels have whenever they're fighting together. Because there was one time when uh, the Dark Angels and the Space Wolves were fighting together, and uh, Lehman Russ like was just ripping shit up, and then Lionel Johnson wanted to look all cool, and he like swept in and just 
you know, when you kill steal somebody's kill in like uh, Counter Strike or Apex or something. And Lehman Russ fucking flipped out and just it's like you kill stealing little bitch and just started trying to beat the shit out of the lion. So it's ceremonial that the heads of uh, whatever detachment that the Dark Angels and the Space Wolves send together um, in all future battles, whenever they work together, uh, there's they have to pick two guys to just start beating the shit out of each other. Which, oh, which is funny because like, it's just like hockey. Yeah, it's exactly like hockey. Oh my god. It's just funny because on tabletop, the Dark Angels are not amazing at close combat. They're just good at it. So yeah. like, you'd have to imagine that the Space Wolves would just murder them every single time. Yeah. One of the important things about Lehman Russ that you have to understand is he was literally raised by wolves. Oh, so. yeah, that's right. He he def- and, you know, definitely fits the fucking like Roman like legend or whatever. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what it was. Romulus and Remus. Yeah. But uh... we remember both of them equally well. Oh yeah, Remus. <laughs> oh, Remus. That reminds me of another Primarch uh, named Ferris Manus. Oh boy. Similar um, phonetic uh, qualities as Remus. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ferris Manus is great because his name in Latin translates to Iron Hand, and the legion he leads is called the Iron Hands. And the thing oh. about Ferris Manus and a lot of the dudes in his legion is they have iron hands. So oh, that's a lot to keep. That's a lot to keep track of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I low key. I don't think he's my favorite, but I low key love Ferris Manus. Like I in the books, he comes across as just like he's like, all right, he doesn't get the best grades in school, but you know he's part of the football team. But you know he's not a bully. You know he's friends with the nerds, and he's just sort of like this kind of. Um, He's a lot like Vulcan, except he's not as friendly as Vulcan, but he's not a dick either. Like he's not he's not an asshole. Like he he gets along with just about everybody. Um Gilliman said that he was like I forget what Gilliman said. He had this like fucking term for like the best of the best. He was like there's four there's four. And you know, there's Dorn, there's Fulgrim, there's uh I think the Khan, or no, it was somebody else. And then there's um and then there's Manus. And like he just is like this super straightforward. He's he has like the straightforwardness of Dorn, but he doesn't have a rod shoved up his ass. You know, he was best friends with Fulgrim. That's, that's like, right. They got along the super well. They were like best friends. And like they were completely different. They couldn't be more different. But they Yeah, Fulgrim was like into all this like weird artsy fartsy stuff and just uh you know, like ridiculous, lavish operas and symphonies and like crazy modern art, impressionistic paintings. And, you know, Fulgrim had an eye for the aesthetic. And Ferris Manus, he was a very simple minded guy. He just works at the fucking auto body shop, puts your car back together. He makes it better. He, he's, he's, uh, he likes crafting things. He likes making things with his iron hands. And yeah, him and Fulgrim, they get along super well because they both want to make things perfect. Yes, absolutely. That's that's it. Yeah, and like I the one thing also with Ferris Manus is that he didn't his kind of like obsession with perfection and machines and stuff, it wasn't um as intense back during his day. Like his legion kind of mutated into a like crazy like just sort of like how the everything did in the 41st century. Like you know, just sort of like they're like, "Oh, our dad liked robots and and metal and stuff. Let's just turn our whole bodies into yeah. 
in, into that. Like, yeah, you know, his, like, his entire oh, legion is on that kick of like, uh, the, the flesh is weak, so we must uh, replace as much of our organic body as we can. Yeah, no, I'd like I think it along really well with the uh, Adeptus Mechanicus. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I feel like if, if Ferris saw it, he'd be like, what the hell? Wait, Ferris Bueller's day off. This just came to me. <laughs> oh, my God. I was waiting. I was waiting for an opportunity. Oh, my God. I don't even know. That wasn't even that an opportunity. Is. That wasn't even an opportunity. Wait, like, what's, what is um Ferris's friend's name again? Who, like, wrecks his dad's car? Oh, it's been so long since I saw it. It's just sort of like, I, you know, I just... He cares more about these cars than he cares about me. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, no, but I don't know. Um, but like the thing that like is so great about Ferris is that you know where Vulcan is kind of just like in there and kind of just like affirming everything about you. Vulcan or, or um, fuck it, Ferris Manus is kind of like this character who like his love is just you know the love of listening. You know he listens and actually like listens to you. He, you know, just like actually absorbs what you have to say, and like he, he really takes time out of his out of his day to like understand all of his brothers. Not necessarily, you know, agree with them or like, you know, fucking, you know, emulate them or or whatever. But he, he tries to there. understand. He he was there, man, and like, and he he did it in like a jockey way, where like he just was kind of like, oh, okay, man, cool. Like I don't know. I, I love Ferris Manus, and it's sad because, like, in, again, the Dropsite Massacre, he fucking dies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, Fulgrim turns traitor at that point, and Fulgrim just straight up slices his head off. And it's sad because, like, he actually resisted. He didn't want to kill him, but, like, there's a moment when, like, the Dropsite happens, and this happens with a lot of the traitor Primarchs, like, because it's yeah. just, like, a it's lot of in on this. It's such a psychically um, potent moment that, like, their true selves kind of burst out, and they're just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe what I've done! This is horrible! I have to stop this!" And then they've already made their packs with chaos and everything, so they're just like, "Oh no, you have to go along with the ride! You wanted to kill your your siblings, so this is like happening." Um, you know, it's it's like that moment when. Uh... When Anakin throws Mace Windu out the window and <laughs> yes. it's like, what have I done? And then Palpatine's like, oh, cool, you're Darth Vader now. It's like, okay, yeah. get some Darth Vader. Then he just kills a bunch of kids. Yeah, kills a, <laughs> a bunch of uh, Space Marine scouts. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't get that. Oh, oh Lord, Lord Fulgrim, there's too many of them. What are we to do? <laughs> 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 sparks up the demon blade oh my god yeah yeah like ferris manis was also pals with fulgrim uh no of course fulgrim we mentioned that but uh vulcan that's who i meant to say because yeah, they uh they were both on the side of like smithing and forging and just making cool shit out of metal and Vulcan was the kind of guy who would just try and make something look really cool, whereas Ferris Manus would give you something just really functional but really simple because he literally just took a big piece of metal and just beat it into shape with his fists. You couldn't call it a sword. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Ferris Manus made uh, the gut sword from Berserk. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like 
And there's apparently like lore that suggests that his spirit is still alive in the warp. And like with the direction that Games Workshop is going in with um, Age of Sigmar and stuff, which is just pure high fantasy. Like there's still grim dark elements in it, but it's like it might as well be um, like Magic the Gathering or like something like that. Like it's it's very just high fantasy and just exciting. And there's there's the potential that like the shade of Ferris Manus will return someday. Because all of them need to return. Every every single fucking one of them. <laughs> no one's ever return. really gone. <laughs> yeah. oh my god, no. Oh my god. <laughs> I think that's the best thing that Red Letter Media <laughs> ever made. Like I was yeah. laughing throughout that entire fucking thing where they just showed that death reel of just like Star Wars characters dying. Like both prominent and just like random extras just getting just completely forgettable. No one's ever really gone. No one's ever really gone. I'm here! That's all right. No one's ever really gone. Yeah, no, it's no one's ever really gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's definitely what's going to happen, though. And, like, you know what? I'm fucking here for it. Because, like, 40, 40K is really awesome when you have, when, like, it is punctuated by Grim Darkness. Like, when it's, like, when it's just, like, I don't know, because, like, these, these fucking assholes, when they just, like, all they want is, like, grim dark and just horrible things happening all the time and, you know, just sort of, like... Yeah, that's why I like a lot of the, uh, a lot of Black Library books is because they, uh, they go beyond that and show what, like, a regular fucking day in the life in this crazy universe looks like for just some factory worker in a hive world. Like, yeah, it still sucks, but, you know, you're getting by. You're getting, you're getting by. It's still a shitty fucking life, but there are things. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can still take your kids to, uh, to the amusement park, check out all the cool stuff Ferris has made. You know, he's got like this one big thing where you, you, you go on at the bottom and then it spins and it takes you all the way to the top. You can see really far. That's sort of like a big wheel. I'm not sure what they would call it, but. I mean, yeah, Ferris Manus was definitely a carny. It's yeah. canon now, folks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like that was that was his passion. That was like you know, once I put my sword down, I'll build an amusement park, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll hire I'll, a... I'll hire like you know ex Nazi scientists to help <laughs> <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I only learned about that recently. Like I knew that like, you know, Walt Disney was like definitely like anti-Semitic and like all yeah. that crap. But I didn't realize that he literally had like ex-Nazi scientists on his payroll, like, you know, not making like his amusement parks or anything, but like doing these like space movies where it's just sort of like, all right, uh her whatever a fucking Nazi name is. Uh, <laughs> like, tell us about how we're going to get to the moon. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> as it's like, oh, oh this, this is so, this is real. <laughs> With Aryan ingenuity. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, it's literally that one guy in the, the second uh, arc of Jojo, where it's just like, German science is superior over all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, no, it's um Mickey Mouse has has the perfect skull shape. <laughs> oh my god. 
you know, it's funny, man. You know, I'm just, I'm happy that, you know, as, you know, just Scandinavian Jewish American, Chinese American, and Irish American, we can just, you know, all laugh at Walt Disney. I was trying to make a joke <laughs> about the Irish being subjugated by Disney, which has never happened. <laughs> hey, hey, man, who do you think built Space Mountain? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's dude. why it's so dark there. Dark as the Irish. Yeah, who else loves not uh, Disney cartoons? That's right. Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. He was a huge fan though. Dude, I mean obviously. Why, why do you think they call it a Mauser? Oh, <laughs> 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 oh my god. <laughs> Support for Bros Once Loyal comes from Forge World Rizza Pattern Bayonets, Rizza Razor Rizza Razor Sharp, and from listeners like you. Thank you. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Pocket Casts, Podbean, Stitcher, or follow us on your RSS feed. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and somehow even Tumblr. Just search for Bros Once Loyal on any one of those platforms and we'll pop up near the top. Thanks again for listening. Stay safe out there.